0: here, Nita's my wife who did the announcements. Um, I'm going to maybe welcome to everyone that's new. I see there's some new faces here, so welcome to you guys. You are very welcome, and it's a privilege to have you here. Um, maybe by a show of hands, who was at the seminar that two weeks ago? I'm going to get an indication... Um, you're in luck, because I'm preaching it again today. Um, not not completely, I'm not going to focus on completely the same things, but yeah, just, we're just about to uh, do that one again. Um, but maybe before we start, I want us to, to pray together, but... but the, sim, the name of the sermon is Navigating Rival Kingdoms and the Subheading there is You Are What You Love. And it just speaks to how our daily habits and decisions portray our desires. But with it, I want us to start in prayer and we're actually going to flight the um, bow part of it. And I want us to, as we pray it, God's desire is to say, Father, let Your kingdom come beyond earth as it is in heaven. Through us, and as we hear this message, that's what we want. We don't want entertainment or, or just to, to get the time by, but we really want to be changed and want God's kingdom to come through us. So, while we close our, evening, you can keep your eyes open it, if you want to read it, or but let's let's pray together. Amen. That's such an amazing piece of scripture because I've many times thought I just want to almost have a one-liner that I can pray that's like that but there's just no way short shortening that because it's so amazing and just so powerful praying that and yeah, I want to encourage you to pray that when you start your day. Last time I started with two um, disclaimers. Um, can anyone remember the first disclaimer? Mm-hmm. No, 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 that was not a disclaimer, that was a warning. <laughs> um, Thank you. The, the first disclaimer was about me. I said, Leon. Exactly, and luckily for you that's still the case. I haven't figured it out in the last two weeks So I just said that I'm speaking, I'm bringing this message But I'm not speaking in out of a place of having it all figured out and being perfect Like Angus Bachan says that well, he says that I'm only one beggar showing another beggar where to find food and, And that's how I see it. So when I'm sharing the truth, sometimes it cuts deep, but that's the nature of the word. And then the other part is Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. Just a big principle that we need to keep eye on when, when sharing this. It says that... Um, let me rather just read a few. It here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works of it, no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before and that we should walk in them. So we are saved by grace, and not by, not by works. Um, through faith, we are saved by grace, through faith, and not by works. So when we come to God, it's by faith because of His grace. But then there's a place of works that He prepared before, and that we should walk in them. We should realize that we cannot bring our works to earn salvation. But once we earn our salvation by grace, there's that place of works that we bring to Him, and um, that He has prepared before. And. So with that, I want us to, to go and do some time of discussion. This is gonna, it's not going to be a your normal sermon in that I'm going to do amazing preaching. I'm actually, some of the things are almost straightforward in that sense of you, you're going to discuss it two by two. So maybe find someone, I don't want you to discuss in groups of three just because you don't know have enough time. So two by two, if you can discuss and utilize social distancing if applicable. So maybe find someone that you can discuss with Uh, now. Okay, is everyone sorted? I hope I don't have to release the children. Yes, they're out by now. So the first question that I want you to discuss two by two is, in 5 to 10 years from now Think of yourself In 5 to 10 years Describe to the person What do you want to be In 5 to 10 years from now What do you want to do In 5 to 10 years from now or what do you want to have In 5 to 10 years from now Each person will have 2.5 minutes uh, <laughs> Starting now So yeah, take your time, discuss it Be, do and have five
1: to ten years from now i describe it okay I know the model answer I want to be like Jesus I want to do what he did <laughs> <laughs> when he walked on there I don't want to i said i wanted to be married and i know oh yeah wasn't was we said the last one as well mm-hmm. sorry like that's my it's like my life's goal is just to get married then <laughs> then when i get married or like recently i just realized like if you, we you always desire but there's also this book um that i've read the journey of desire so good, it's just basically like we will basically desire until we see by and face to face one day, so maybe now I'm desiring to be married, but when that happens, there's still going to be desire, and it's just like continuous, and so you actually have to learn just to, especially if you feel quite deeply and desire deeply, I don't know if everyone does, but you just have to accept that that's like basically... This, yeah, you know, it's like the human thing that we then once we have, we want to move to the next mm-hmm. thing, to, and always something. Up. It's really tiring in a way. Yeah. You not know, something that we really have it's just enough, good enough. So I think mine is just like I'd love to like, be content mm-hmm. because I, I, I'm a similar strain. That day when you grow older that there's something in like, your life in my police that a change, can you know? hmm. like I I didn't get inside What is like that bring? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it just like more responsibility and commitment Yeah. <laughs> I mean if you just think of the world that's like yeah. oh, you know yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm careful to uh, you know like things that the world Okay, the second person can
0: start sharing now. next question as well I see there's some that might be finished so the second one is describe the role of the following aspects in your life in 5 to 10 years time what's the role of community in your life especially Christian community what role do they play Uh, are you part of a Christian community in 5 to 10 years time What's God's role in your life in 5 to 10 years time? Is He distant? Is He close? Is He part of your life? Or are you standing in faith for something in 5 to 10 years time? What is your relationship with the Bible in 5 to 10 years time? Are you reading it, relating to it every now and again? What's the role of it? And how does daily rhythms play a role in your life in 5 to 10 years from time? Um, do you have in your those in 5 to 10 years of imagine a little bit around that and share, share that. Again each person has 2.5 minutes. Yeah so person one is going to
1: start now after that. Person. Yeah yeah. You can still
0: continue. I was going to go back to the other thing but
1: I need to stay on the topic. <laughs> Um, I just Mm -hmm. I need to, like, really work on, like, C&T, like, just getting those habits and um, self-discipline, but not in, like, a dogmatic way, just, um, I think, like, the more you do it, the more you would want to do it. So I just know going forward like I want to work on that. I think if if A and B like sort of if we gear ourselves in like the right way, we're in a Sunday service church community. Mm -hmm. we Not that, that's soul, you know what I mean mm-hmm. daily I think some of those things that come with good accountability mm-hmm. uh, because in terms of positive habits, we are accountable to something of some, things, yeah. some a lot of them are so intangible you um, we then have to figure out ways in which we can mm. I think I could that's something I could do more in I know like in, so far there is really good black like people here. up or up. Well, that's something I can do better like I check in with people but to have that actual Mm -hmm. proper accountability with someone I think maybe I should put that in a little deal yeah it's it's been good for us we split our small group up in a particular Yeah. so then three by three I've had like one or two uh, uh, like with bad incidents I mean like I think both people went through a lot of emotional stuff at the time I think we relied on each other as psychologists psychologists, and, um, and neither of us were we both came from a very financial background so yeah. it, we more burdened each other than yeah, we didn't do it the right way and so once we moved to the three tier structure it was just so much different because of later, because now one other it's person like is, event, is not relying yeah, I Even to remember, like you actually have that story like two, three weeks ago, like mm-hmm. oh, it's it's been so much different. I can only really mm-hmm. recommend accountability for this. Yeah. Okay. Um but yeah, you know, especially of jobs and like maybe there are other people keen on yeah. finding accountability. What's really cool about it is you end up doing so much more of life together. And, mm-hmm. uh, talking about it just kind of it's difficult to mm-hmm. use this like on a Sunday morning or a regular rhythm, Bible like, and daily rhythms. Yeah. But what do, do you actually, how do we put the, the structures in place to in five to ten years time that you don't say a game while well, no. five ten years were chatting like Exactly. Like I know in our group now fast. on um, just this last Wednesday, um, right. and you're on an ether, so you're on an I had a Christmas or something on a Friday and they were saying how they want to study the Bible and next year it's like going through the Old Testament, so for the Old Testament, going through it by characters. So full like kind of working through the books but based on a, a character. So I was like, that's so cool. But then it's nice to do, to decide something like that with someone and then you kind of bring that study together. So I was thinking, oh, I should probably do something. Actually, I was in Nodia and Ninky and Nadia. Then what happened is we grew quite nicely and we were split. How did it split again? I think Nadia and Ninky. Sorry, Nodia and Ninky. with yeah, she, she has no idea not left. Left. Like, left, I think she's taking a season. Like. Uh, about 30 seconds left. So, it has been uplanded so right from the all, It's really been awesome.
0: So, so the name is Navigating Rival Kingdoms, but I get a lot of the inspiration to an extent from my book I'm reading, You Are What You Love, by J.K. Smith. Um, But if we go to the next slide, um, Mitama and White, we spoke about it, gave this example of a GPS, and just when you have a GPS, you you put in the end destination to know where you are going. And when we drive somewhere, we always decide beforehand where we are going to drive to unless you're going on a road trip, but 99.9% of the time we know where we want to end at least. But many times in life, we don't do that. We don't specifically proactively decide where we want to go, where we're going to be and then what are we offering our lives up for, what are we putting in all the effort for, and, but we do that. We don't do that when we go on holiday or wherever. We put in a destination in the GPS that tells us where to go. And if, when we come to a fork in the road, we know what uh, direction to take because the GPS tells us. If you don't know where you are going when you get to a fork, how are you going to decide what choice to make when the, if that comes up in your life? And I think for many of us, we are on that phase of our life. Where, whether it's family, children, career, education, we need to make choices for all time. And what determines what choice you make? Some of those things we discussed earlier, community, God's role, the Bible, daily rhythms, what do you want to be, do and have in five, fifteen years time, Those are all going to be influenced by what, you're, what you are, where you are going, basically, or where you think you are going. And if we go to the next slide, um, so, like I said, what? It, maybe you wonder before that. What is the destination that is guiding your life currently? Where are you? You going? Um, because once the GPS is set, you can almost be on autopilot, knowing that it will tell you when to turn off for uh, what. And that picture that I have on there, I think for some of you should be able to see it. The next one
1: that is a picture of an oasis in a desert
0: and, um, But many times in a desert you find what they call a mirage that looks like an oasis And from the distance uh, you think you're heading to an oasis but the problem is many times that can be quite a journey away So you put in the effort to get there and once you get there you realize it was a mirage it's not really an oasis many times our lives can almost be like that that we have this idea of where we want to go something that we're chasing after but a lot of times it can be be empty and it's things we put our heart on and Proverbs 14 verse 12 says there's a way that seems right to a man but the end is the way of death you can pursue things but the end is basically ends and death and it's caused by we, we are driven by desires in our hearts and some of those desires some ones that I've listed that might apply to us is the desire for success um, the desire for providing for our children um, desire for a nice home with a garden, trees, dogs husband and wife desire for education, a career that would make us respectable doing good things obviously becoming financially independent by 45 right? that's what we all want <laughs> and those things, although we don't necessarily, and it's not bad things, I mean, it's, but those things um, can tug at our hearts we can um, subconsciously without specifically making a decision or even make, doing a proactively, those things become our GPS that guides us in the decisions we make. And like I said, it ducks at our heart. We go to the next slide. We'll say there that our heart, like the scripture Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, is the existential chamber of our love, the things that that we pursue. Um, and it's our heart that um, orientates us to an ultimate end or telos. Um, and as humans, we are made to to be focused on an ultimate end or goal. But if it's in the back of our mind, we're living for something. Something is driving us that we in that it, sense, living towards. And it's basically our idea of a good life. So the idea of a good life is not a Necessarily a bad thing. We were made to live a good life, but it's what is our definition of a good life? And that's normally where um, the decision making comes in. We might have an idea of a good life, whether it's materialistic or consumeristic or whatever it might be, but that idea of a good life is what would drive us. We go to the next slide, there's a picture of just Our idea of a good life, or let's say a kingdom that we're living towards. What is that kingdom that we're living towards, that we're putting our effort in? And that's, if we go to the next slide, our hearts, that that loves, those loves um, that we have in our hearts, those things we love, that's what drives us. It's not our intellect that drives us. Many times we think, it's just a case of renewing your mind intellectually, and then we sort it. But we all know, if you read that book, it doesn't change your habits, your lifestyle, just because you've read it. And this, it's our hearts that needs to change. It's our desires that draw us to things that drive us. Um, many times I find with myself, I want to follow Christ. I want to see God's kingdom come. I renew my mind through scripture I'm, and that's a good thing to to just get into scripture read it and it's in my mind but my heart isn't changed and that can result in me my reality and what I think being disconnected because the road from our head to our hearts is quite a distance and over time that might mean that our desires are changed. we know we should desire the kingdom whether that's our true desire, that's not always the case, and we tend to make decisions based on our desires, not on what we know is the right thing to do. We should, but we don't necessarily. So it's our desires that needs to change. So a, I think there's a video there that just speaks a little bit to that I can play that.
1: Working, sorry, John. Mm-hmm. It's not working, sorry.
0: so It's a, it's a good video, but it basically speaks <laughs> of our, our, time, and just that our time on Earth is quite short, and how we spend it on, on various things. But maybe the next slide helps to explain okay. some of that. It's an excerpt on the book. It says. Our culture often sells us faulty, fantastical maps of a good life that paint alluring pictures that draw us toward them. All too often we stake the expedition of our lives on them, setting sail toward them with every sheet of And we do so without thinking about it because these maps work on our imagination, not our intellect. It is not until we are shipwrecked that we realize we trusted the faulty maps. And that's the thing with these desires. It's this, it takes our imagination and forms on what we prioritize in our lives and what we go for. But we end you only realize it like Proverbs 14 verse 12 said, There's some ways it seems right to a man, but it's end is that We only realize it once your life is spent. When you realize maybe that wasn't worth spending your life on. So it's becoming aware of one of those loves and those desires, because we are what we love, we are what we worship. And in Philippians one verse nine to verse nine 1, verse nine to eleven, it speaks to that. It says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Full to the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. It's interesting that first part, when it says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge. The focus is is on our love. That which we love, that's what's going to drive us. That's so Tuning the direction of our hearts, these loves, is the difference between what we know we should do and what we end up doing. Because it's our heart that drives us. So how do we close that gap between knowing what to do and what we're actually doing? I mean, we prayed earlier, we said, God, let your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. But what takes that from being a prayer that we pray and then going on with the rest of our lives? Um, from that living a life where we really seek the kingdom to come through everything that we do. And that's our hearts. So that existential chamber of our loves, where our loves are kept and our idea of a good life. Proverbs 4 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Another translation says, You guard your heart above all things. Or it determines the course of your life. And then just the third one. So, above all, God, the affections of your heart, will affect all that you are, will come very close to wellsprings of life. We can see just God in your heart, it's not a one off thing that you do and then you tick the box and you move on and say, Cool, for the next 10 to 20 years, I've God in my heart, I've done the course on God in your heart, boom, let's go. Doesn't work like that. It's a continual thing. If you think, imagine you had a security company and they say, Listen, we're gonna come for the first night and from there your house is guarded for the rest of your life. You're gonna say, No, I'm not gonna pay you forever just for that. And so why do we think differently from our hearts? We say you can get your guard down. Our hearts should continually test our hearts with the truth and the word cleanses our hearts in that way. So, and our hearts are drawn to that telos, that ultimate goal, or ultimate end, that we're dreaming about or imagining about. And that's why I ask him the question, in five to ten years' time, because sometimes we know what we need to do right now, but if we say, okay, wait, what about in five years' time, that's a little bit further than that current crises and things that we're thinking, oh God, if you just do this and this, then I'll be fine. Then I'm going to serve you. Um, And then, but once all these things that currently target our hearts are addressed, what then? What is our real desire? God gives you what you're asking for now. Are you still going to follow Him after that? Um, And of course we worship what we love. And it's not if you worship, it's what you worship. We're all worshiping. We're worshiping creatures. Whether you worship your, your work, materialism, all those things that we're very aware of. But what are you sacrificing for? That's worship. What's the, That thing that you desire, that's what you're going to worship. And again, that picture just shows us that we're, we're made, God made us as creatures of imagination. That whatever captivates our imagination, that's what we're going to focus on. That's what we're going to pour our, our lives and our energy out on. Um, and like we said, that this that comes from the heart. And one morning in this session, Alice is not here, but she had this picture of almost like a Christmas like vibe, there being presents. God is giving us, but we're not opening it and not using it. And it's, it, it reminded me, it's almost like, have you ever received a gift and you think this is a nice gift but you don't really know what you're going to use it for? Um, I don't know if my mom or so hears the sermon, but sometimes she knows she needs to give a gift so she gives me something but I don't really know what surf sheep they bought me a surf suit at some stage. I mean, amazing. I don't surf. I haven't started surfing yet, but I know it's a cool thing, but I haven't used it. I've used it like five times or something, but I don't really have a need for it. How does it fit into my current life type of thing? And many times that's the same with the kingdom. God says He has all these promises for us, and we see all these things, and we're like, doesn't really fit into where I really in my heart want to go over time. So why do I want to receive this gift? It's nice. I mean, i keep a wetsuit. It's somewhere there. I'm sure I'll find it. But I'm not using it because I don't have a need for it. It doesn't fit into what I want to do. And Once we align ourselves, our hearts, our desires with God's desires, that's when we realize, sure, we really need God. Um, Matthew thirteen forty four says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field, which a man found and covered up. When in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So imagine there's this field. The field itself is let's say, worth a million or less. let's say ten thousand rand. Um, but there's a treasure of a hundred million somewhere there and this guy walks past and he finds this treasure of a hundred million and he goes in his joy he goes sells everything and he offers the guy 50,000 rand for this field so that he can buy it and people might think why is he selling everything to buy this empty piece of field what's wrong with him why is he doing that but it's in his joy that he's doing that and that's a picture what I have from this I mean are giving, the, it speaks to the kingdom of heaven is life, this is how the kingdom of heaven is like. it's like finding the treasure in the field selling everything you have in order to get it and doing it in joy, because that which we give up to get the kingdom is much less than what we get or will cost us everything to give our lives up for the kingdom is going to cost us everything it's not a thought that we pay, and then we'll we'll always have some cash in the back pocket if we have a plan B. We really want to follow Jesus. It's going to cost us everything, and that next scripture speaks to that. Uh, You can go to Matthew 16. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We read the Old part. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the old world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming. Um, so we see here that Jesus says that whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then obviously saying, what is the profit of man if he gains everything but loses his soul? And that's a truth for our lives, especially in this phase that many of our Ourselves, you need to think where are you going to go long term, what decisions are you going to make. And many times the world basically tells us get more stuff, become more powerful, all, all of that. And that's the, the driving thing, the carrot that they want to put before us. So if you get more, you're going to feel better, you're going to be more fulfilled, you're going to find peace. All of those things, but in the process you can lose your soul. Oh, how bad is that if you think you offer up everything you work long hours I'm speaking about work but obviously not that work's a bad thing but we sacrifice so much so that we get something that we're going to lose anyway uh, so what do we do if we realize sure the things that I'm my heart is chasing after what do we do to to reposition ourselves and it always starts with repentance. Acts 3 19 says it Repent therefore, and turn back that your sins may be parted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Another scripture says um, give me your hearts and not your garments It's not like God wants us now to grudge purchase, oh, I have to bargain with God okay, God I still want that house so if I follow you, what can we make a deal type of thing? It's God is not into any of those things, but it's our, our desires, our hearts. Those things sometimes represents things that are at our hearts. And he, he requires of us to surrender everything. We need to repent and turn to Him. Um, Proverbs 3 verse 7 says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. And sometimes that evil can be us just taking our own control of our own lives and doing what we want. God has given us all of these things, but we spend it on our own purposes. I think for most of us here, our desires, we want to see God's kingdom come. The only thing is, Sometimes we have a plan B. We want to see God's kingdom come now. It's like we're testing God in this phase of our lives. We hope we're coming through. I mean, we're throwing everything into what we think is kingdom, church, Bible, all of that. But in the last time. If God doesn't come through, then I'm going to have to move on because I have a goal that I need to reach, a place that I need to get to. Um, I mean, if you're going to Joburg, I mean, the GPS might be set for Joburg. Let's say you want to go to Durbanville from here. But in your heart, you actually want to go to Joburg. So you climb on the N1. Everyone says, they're in for Durbanville. And you're also like, yeah, yeah, I like this journey. I'm also in for Durbanville. But... You'll realize that your heart is actually longing for Joburg when, once you get to turn off to Durbanville, you're going to head straight because your heart is longing for Joburg, not for Durbanville in that sense. Um, and at that stage, for well now, on your way to Durbanville, you're going to say, wow, I love this journey, it's amazing, in the kingdom, all of that. But at some stage in your life, you're going to have to make that call and then it's when it costs you everything that you're going to realize should surrender everything to Jesus and that's the kingdom of heaven it's like a treasure in a field which a man found sold everything You sell your desires to go to Job no, I'm not speaking honestly about the city using it as an example but and, and that's how, how that to an extent works so the next slide it's just a picture i try trying to draw is we are let's say where you are and what God's will is. How do we get from positioning ourselves longer term from where we are to what God's will is. And that to a large extent is fine tuning the loves in our hearts those desires. Um, So I want us to have a discussion again with that that person. Um, We're going to give to an open Two and a half minutes. So, the first question is observe and think and describe what are your current daily and weekly habits or routines. So, maybe discuss that with the person next to you. Think about it and then say, well, what is your, your current, do you have any daily habits or routines? Even if you think you don't, you do. Maybe it's not intentional, maybe you wake up, you read the news, you drink coffee, that's a habit, that's a
1: routine. So, cool. discuss that um, with we'll the person next to mm-hmm. you. Are Yeah, it's actually, we don't know. strange uh, I don't have a proper routine at the moment. I try and um, exercise in the morning and do that. Try and incorporate I try and double up like a lot with my family multitask. So then um listen to one of those things on Right now media. Oh um, yeah. and yeah just either get some content in um, I try it for an hour and just wasn't sustainable, so it's back down to 30 minutes. Okay. Um, in the morning? And in the morning, yeah. yeah. And then I'll, so then I'll exercise and I've done something. Oh, you listen to so it? I actually, content. Okay. Yeah. Oh, while that's I'm running, yes. then, yeah. Is it? Um, and then, Sort of review my emails and then Andrew is usually. I'm working, working from home. Oh, that's fine. And then he's usually 30 minutes uh, behind me in terms of his routine. Or okay. then I start checking emails and just doing my. Okay, next person can go. And then next person
0: has two and a half
1: minutes. And then we have Yeah, um, oh, that's fine. And then again, I work through art. So then. Sometimes we catch each other for lunch. Mm. Mm. Um, Always nice. Is he also working from home? He's also, um, yeah. He's nice. Do you think it'll stay like that? His company is only reopening in June next year. Mine will reopen from October. Uh, But I've asked to Oh, that's nice. Good. I'm back at my campus. And sometimes I wonder why. It's like such few staff there. The students aren't even coming. Mm. And i drive so far but anyway, they <laughs> pretty... they um, i pretty out yeah. yeah. um, mostly. Oh um, remind um, me what you do? Mm-hmm. um, I mm-hmm. campus, Cancer, Spockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tertiary design mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. It's in Salt Inscape. escape. is a. is the It's a friend.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not with us. It's not It's not with us. It's not with not with us. It's not with us. It's not with uh, Let me see if there's a charge. There's on the charge my mm-hmm. okay. 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 For everyone. i
0: in vain seconds maybe each for that to which ultimate end would you say your least point? So you think what is all these habits if you had to put a trend through it, what would they point to? What are they working to?
1: They are working with um there mm-hmm. is a next responsibility to that. mm okay.
0: an interesting thing because our habits obviously work towards something so how do we recalibrate our loves um, that which we worship and I have a picture of Eliot. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name The yeah, end. you would know how to pronounce his name mm-hmm. Runner. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he, he, he got the world record for marathon under two hours, under special conditions. But the reason why I think we all can relate to an athlete that needs to train hard. Um, it requires a lot of discipline to, to achieve a specific goal. they they basically in their lives around something. Um, they even sacrifice a lot of all the pleasures for this goal. And... If sometimes when we think of our own lives we might think something it would cost me a lot but if we think of how athletes if the scripture says it best maybe let's go to 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 it says do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one receives a prize so run that you may obtain it every athlete exercises self-control in all things they do it to receive a perishable uh, right. But we are impersonal. Well. So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body, keeping it under control, Less after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So sometimes when we speak about, or maybe, I think, just on that verse, it speaks there about self control, exercising self control, it speaks about habits. I think. Athletes normally, from what I understand, tend to wake up early, they have a fixed program, they go to bed early, there's a lot of things that they position around that. And it becomes second nature for them. If they miss their training schedule, they feel almost empty in that sense. So it becomes an unconscious thing that they build into their lives in order that they don't every day decide, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 5 o'clock so that I can go train. They settle it in their heart, so to say, because it's part of a desire that they're chasing, that goal, and they broaden their lives around that. So they move it from conscious to unconscious thinking, if you think of that, it. it becomes second nature. When you start driving, it's a conscious thing. You have to think, look right, left, right, left. You think of it the whole time, every next step, but later on it becomes unconscious. You drive while you listen to music, while you talk. Hopefully, not Molly WhatsApp, um, But it becomes second nature, it becomes automized in your brain. And in the same way, when we say the kingdom is important to us, we should take those principles and it should become part of our unconscious living. It shouldn't be, it, definitely in the beginning, it is a very conscious thing of implementing that. No athlete just wakes up and then as a super athlete from day one wakes up has all the disciplines in place I mean it's trial and error but that's something if it's really our desire we should transform our our habits because our habits train our hearts to worship last time I shared that somewhere five years ago I started running a little bit more in the beginning I didn't really like running that much but after a while because of the disciplines and the habits, I started enjoying that. The desires of my heart changed in that way. We go to the next slide. Many times we say that it has to come from God. I'm not feeling it. It doesn't come naturally. I'm not made for this. And then the scripture reminds us very clearly in Jeremiah 17 verse 9 that the heart is deceitful above everything, and desperately seek. Who can understand it. God is the control room. And we should form the, we have a role to play in forming those desires of our hearts. And yes, it comes from God and we should seek it. But it's not magic. It's not like God changed with, yes, pray that God changed the desires of our hearts. But just like with an athlete that trains with discipline, self-control, you should apply those things to position yourself in that way. Maybe if we skip, hmm, let's, I'll get you that. But if we go to the next slide, we play as we practice. And as we practice, we play. So if you want to play well in life, you have to practice. And that requires cultivating these disciplines that form the desires of our hearts. Um, and then, as we form those loves in our hearts, that becomes second nature. puts us on autopilot. It's not like we're never going to, obviously, rely on the Spirit but that's renewing of the mind that's experiential. It's not only intellectual. If you pray for someone, you don't just read a book and then you start praying for someone. If you want to renew your mind in terms of seeing the sick being healed, then maybe you read about it and once you pray for someone, there's something happening in your mind and this experiential renewing of your mind that happens and you see, wow, pray for someone they God healed and suddenly you start praying for people but it's not only a the theoretical thing that you read, and more knowledge, more knowledge, and hopefully one day you go and pray for someone. We have to start praying for someone. And in that way, renewing our minds is experiential. We have to do it. And that's why it's so important to have rhythms and liturgies in our lives that point to the kingdom, that position us for the kingdom. And the question we need to ask ourselves, is it worth the cost? Uh, I said that but if Christianity was illegal would they be able to prosecute you based on your time sheets and bank statements, would they be able to go and look and say, well this is definitely a Christian, lock him up, over well, what a are going to say he says he's a Christian but we can see on his bank statements time sheets, he's just like the rest of the people, don't lock him up, let him go what would happen and the yeah, we had a sermon about striving previously and we said don't strive for justification or God's favor gain in this life or happiness, but we need to strive and grow in holiness and strive for the kingdom to come and what we are commanded to do. So I said that we need to cultivate virtues so that we make making kingdom focus become second nature, that it becomes natural in that sense. And we need to cultivate that and Galatians 5:22 speaks of those virtues. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In such things, there is no law. But if we go to the next picture, we think of fruit and gardening. Something we cultivate. We don't just pitch up and then there's a garden and there's fruit and everything happens. It hard work to cultivate those fruits. In that same way, we should hold those rhythms into our lives so that we can cultivate them. We see in 2 Peter 1, verse 3 to 11, it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of simple desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue of knowledge, and knowledge of self-control, and self-control of steadfastness, and steadfastness of godliness, and godliness of brotherly love and affection. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next thing—that's the crux of all of us It's those virtues that we need to cultivate so that we stay effective. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay, as seeking the kingdom. So, next slide. If you want to see whales, where do you go? You go to Armanus. Everyone knows it. If you go to Kimberley, you're not going to see whales. If you go to Joburg, you're not going to see whales. We all know it. It's if the next one, I have a nice picture for you. Just go to Armanus and see the whales. If you want to see wealth, go to our minds. If you want to seek the kingdom, build virtues, disciplines in, um, that cultivate those desires in your heart. It's sometimes we think when it gets to spiritual things, we think, well, we don't want to strike, we don't want to get into the law, all of those type of things. But there's things that has been laid out for us, and those Christian disciplines help us to direct the love in our hearts. And direct our desires um, Aristotle is not a biblical author but he said we are what we repeatedly do, in that same way our worship becomes directed towards God through changing our disciplines and we become what we behold, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, James says that if you have real faith show me your works um, don't tell me you have faith if you don't have works And in that way, we need to form our lives around that. We're saved by grace through faith, but there's good works that God prepared before us. So so by faith, being saved by grace, we enter that place of walking out those good works which God has prepared for us. Um, I just listed there some of the things that De'Avea did in that schedule that he had in the discipleship group of five. the disciplines that one can grow in prayer, word, rest, fellowship, witnessing. We have to get practical about this. Just like with the athlete. You have to analytically think, what time are you going to wake up? What are you going to eat? How much are you going to sleep? With whom are you going to train? The same with God. In our walk with God, we need to go practically think about those things. We shouldn't just think that it's only a desire that we're going to get from somewhere and then that's all going to fall into place. Gonna, it's gonna take work. And with that experiment, we don't have to be perfect. Per- perfection is an illusion in that sense when it comes to this. Be free to fail, but it's not a performance driven thing where if you don't feel it, oh, you're, this, your art is not fear. We see the Bible says it already your art is not fear, so don't worry about that. It's says, oh, draw near to God and seek Him. Um, and be aware of the habits. That's our daily life and rhythms looks just like your world but we expect or to move in somewhere in our lives. So proactively steer your habits and your habits will help in that sense to steer your desires as well. And then the last picture I have is just that of a car we're ready to go. God's promises have been given to us. His Spirit has been given to us. We can do this. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Um, we can tap into God in this. He's, he's with us. He's going to give us that strength to become like Him. And by Spirit. So, lastly, in closing, this, almost died. Um, What has God placed in your heart after this morning? Share with the person, and we're going to close with that. What has God placed in your heart?
1: the same thing. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Shall <laughs> shall we end the zoom? Sure. Yeah, let's end it. No, that's um stop share and then maybe we can then end for all Do we have to get this recording or whatever as well the video? End. Yeah, end I don't know, I don't think the quality is good to them mm. in terms of it I think it's a little bit yeah. uh, we just do upload one from the proclaim what, so. I, what I also don't like I will be, present, like, okay, um, I will be honest is mm. yes. I think that like for the projected team we are already not super-integrating the, the congregation and this not just excludes us. And, yeah, we um, can't see anything. can't see anything. The There's one here at the back, we can see everything. Yeah. yeah, so if they can find a solution to integrate us, but yes. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and... I, I don't yeah. know how warm this makes it, but they must try and find a set They knew that this was a strip thing. Yeah. Like, why did they build this foundation with this, with this Yeah. Just, no, 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 no. I understand that you don't want to focus on the band for worship, Mm-mm. but um, yeah, this is strange. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. At least if it was that mm-hmm. right. way. We feel part of it. Yeah. We hear we, yeah, that like we're backstage, but still, I didn't mm-hmm. feel excluded from mm-hmm. the. Because mm-hmm. the preacher's there then. Yeah, yeah, we could see what's happening, what's going on. So. Can I close the show? That yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the one after seven will keep you accountable. Maybe mm-hmm. like I can understand that when it was that way, it's very long mm-hmm. you need to talk to the people right at the back. No, but also they put the chairs in a very different position. So mm-hmm. if they like social distance is not really totally happening here anyway. any So I mm-hmm. must we'll just try and anchor it. it So it's more, it only takes a at the so. mm-hmm. end yeah. so I think it was better other way. Like maybe put the chairs even from the from like earlier in Because didn't the chairs only start from like here and then it went like back? Yeah so, I think it should still face that man. Yeah. The other church may have a very different state up but they quite rely on um well, everything is back together. No.
0: of, I think, generally very well accomplished people, we've all set up a lot of things, whether it's education, training, career, we know how to accomplish goals, it's about redirect whatever you want to accomplish, with that, let's end off we we'll started with our Father, and with that, saying, let your kingdom come through our lives, so let's pray that together. so yeah thank you everyone if there's anyone that needs prayer myself and Matt and here, I always hang around I need small group leaders otherwise enjoy the coffee I think there's coffee here and yeah hang around and, and chat and get to know each other awesome thanks guys